The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Napa know-how. Right now, Mobile One full synthetic motor oil is $29.99 for a five-quart jug. Its advanced formula provides maximum sludge protection, defending your engine like a catcher defends home plate. So, get top-notch engine protection with the Mobile One Full Synthetic 5-Quart Jug for $29.99. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 9-30-18. What's up, Drafters? Thanks for joining us today. My name's Ken Swanson. I'm one of the writers at Arrowhead Pride, and this is the AP Chiefs Draft Show. Uh, it's an episode we were not expecting to do, we were not planning to do, uh, but decided that uh, we would go ahead and get you another episode, a preview episode, before the NFL Draft starts on Thursday. I'm actually flying solo, uh, so it's just me. So for one week, I'm going to be the most handsome person on this podcast. Uh, we've got a lot to cover today, just getting you ready for the NFL draft. We're going to talk about um, some players. I, I released my top 100 recently, so we're going to talk about some players that I'm higher on than most in the top 100. Uh, I'm going to talk about some of the rumors that are out there uh, that I've, I've read here in the last couple of weeks, just talk a little bit about how they would affect the Chiefs. Um, we're going to talk about some prospects that we want to go off the board on Thursday night, and then we'll end it off by you know by answering some of your Twitter questions. You guys asked a lot of great questions this week, uh, so we're gonna do all that today. Um, let's just get you kind of ready for the draft here a little bit. Um, the Chiefs have eight picks in this draft at this point. They've got pick fifty four in the second round. They have two third round picks at seventy eight and eighty six. They've got two fourth round picks very close together at one twenty two and one twenty four. Uh, a 6th th- round pick 196 and then 2 sevenths, 233 and 243 I don't expect that the Chiefs will wind up making all of those selections um, there's there's a good likelihood I really believe that Brett Veach is going to be trading up in this draft would not be surprised at all in fact if I had to bet on it I would bet on Brett Veach moving up at some point in the second round using pick 54 and then another asset or two to try to move up. It just remains to be seen on 
where he's going to go and who it's going to be for. Um, there's obviously some players we'll talk about here in a little bit that, you know, potential to drop that maybe I'm higher on that I would love to see the Chiefs take if they fall. Um, there's 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 a few players that I, I kind of have in mind. But there's eight picks. They've got eight, and they've got to try to figure out how to maneuver through that board. You know, Brett Veach, one of the things he talked about the other day uh, during his press conference was talking about pockets in the draft. And it's important to pay attention to those pockets. And what he meant is just, you know, there might be spots in the draft where um, they might be able to get similar value by waiting and going ahead and attacking a, a certain position. Like, you know, if uh, if there's uh, there's corners that are projected to go in the second round and there's a run there, um, you might be able to wait a little bit longer and get, um, a, a corner maybe later in the draft that that might have maybe 90% of the value, but you're able to address a different position earlier. Uh, just so it's really important to know like those draft ranges, like how to um, you know, having a good feel for where people are going and the ranges in which they're going. It helps you to maximize your return. And I think that's what we should all be hoping for is, as cheese fans is that Brett Veach is just able to maximize the return. Now the exception to mean Know, trying to understand those pockets but is also there's not necessarily an exception but it it's it's being able to if you think you can get a blue chip player in the late 30s if there's a guy that Brett Veach is high on that he has a round one grade on that he wants to go aggressively pursue in the early 30s perhaps um, that's where the trade-up happens and you know to get to pick 38 you're probably going to need to give up pick 54 and 86 that's one thing I'm paying attention to uh, I think that would be a, a logical that kind of trading into that late thirties range, uh, the Chiefs should be able to afford it with, with giving up one of those third round picks. Um, so if the right players are there, I would not be surprised at all. If, uh, if Brett Veach decides to make the move and go ahead and trade up. So they've got eight selections. We'll see where they decide to go with those. Um, there's really, there really is a lot of different ways it could go. You could see uh, a cornerback like Isaiah Oliver. Um, maybe, maybe there isn't a run on defensive linemen. Maybe one of those those defensive linemen we expect. Uh, we expect to be off the board in round one isn't there. Um, and actually, let's just jump in right now and talk about the top 100 players on my board and players I might be higher than on than most because uh, the three highest players, the, the three players I want to profile, the first three are, are guys that are all defensive linemen that by all indications seems like I'm a little higher on than most people. Um, I was kind of surprised. I Just full disclosure on how we do our process, like, I don't know where necessarily all these guys are going to fall on my board when it's all said and done. What we do is we grade our prospects. We um, put them through all the, p- the filters that we run. We have a positional value filter when we're ranking our boards, but their grades also have an injury filter um, and, a, and a relative athletic score filter. We do a lot of things to try to understand like the, the athletics, uh, the athletic metrics side and the injury history and stuff like that. We, we run, we run them through these filters. So I, I, what I do is each, each position has its own like page in my spreadsheet. So we'll grade them and then we'll add the scores uh, to a master sheet. And then when it's all said and done, we sort 
by a uh, positional value filter, and that's what happens. Um, and my fourth player on the board was Deron Payne. I was pretty surprised that he wound up being that high when it was all said and done. But um, Deron Payne's kind of an interesting prospect in the sense that some people are really high on him, like me, and some people are a little colder on him. And I think it kind of depends on where you, like what games you watch of Payne. Um, because Deron Payne, he uh, he finished the year strong, and that was a lot of what my grade was was uh, was was made on is is what he did late in the season in the college football playoffs. He was one of the best players on the field. Is very disruptive. He's still only twenty years old, so um, he's a guy I'm extremely high on. Obviously, he's the fourth player on my board when it was all said and done. And you can see my top one hundred list on Arrowhead Pride. It's been up since Monday. It'll be up all week, along with a lot of other content we'll be posting um, here down the road. My number five player is Maurice Hurst, uh, another defensive lineman. I think he's one of the most disruptive players in this entire class. Uh, he's kind of a, he might be limited to some in some schemes. Like I'm not sure he's a fit for everybody, but a guy that can play the three tech and get up field and disrupt. I think he's, I think he's special and uh, some heart issues have kind of pushed his, his question, like made his um, where he'll go is kind of a question mark. Uh, but he's one of the best players in this class. I really believe that and at a position of, of, of significant value. That's part of it. You know, uh, some positions get pushed down like Minka Fitzpatrick might be a little bit lower than, than, than I, than he is on some boards or, or players like that, that may not necessarily play the same premium position. Um, so, uh, number 16 on my board, I was really high on this guy too, is, is Taven Bryan. Um, he's a guy that, uh, one of the rumors we'll talk about, he looks like he might wind up falling out of the first round and that would be a little bit surprising. He's got a rare first step. He's extremely disruptive of field and he's got great athletic metrics behind him. He's got a lot of work to do still, but he's the kind of guy and he's the kind of prospect that you want in your building to develop. And I have him as the 16th best player on my board. I think he has a chance to be very special. A guy we talked about last week, number 33 on my board is Braden Smith. Uh, I think he's got some of the, some, I think he's got special athletic ability and strength, and I think his best football is ahead of him. He, he played some tackle at times. He played guard at times. I have him as a guard, and I have him as the 33rd best player on my board. I think his upside is immense. It's not just because he's a local kid. Um, if he wasn't a local kid, I'd still feel the same way, but he's a guy uh, I'm, I'm probably about a round higher on than most. Most people have him in the late second, early third. I have him near round one grade. Um, Equinemius St. Brown, I have at 41. Uh, he's a big athletic receiver. He made the draft miss list. He's a guy uh, that's he's, his, his range. His draft range has been all over the board, too. Like people have have him in a lot of different places. I've seen him as late as the sixth round. Uh, I've seen people as high as the first round on him. It's, it's one of the most interesting uh evaluations uh, i think he's got he's a he's a great athlete he's big i think he's still coming into his own as a receiver but he wins kind of like a small receiver he doesn't necessarily win as like a big body type like Cortland sutton he doesn't go up and get balls the same way but um he's elusive he's quick he's fast and he's a guy that's got a lot of upside uh, Hercules Mata'afa, he's still the 54th player on my board. Um, I'm still tempering some expectations from him because his athletic testing was so poor. It was it was one of the most surprising things. It surprised a lot of people out there that Hercules Mata'afa did not test uh, good at all. He was a, he was a very low performing 
uh, athlete when it came to the combine and he looked nervous. Me and Jake were at the combine while watching him. He looked nervous doing the drills. He was antsy. He was jumping the drills. Um, I don't know if that played into his performance at all, but he definitely looked nervous and he did not perform particularly well. Very surprising that he was so low. I still think he's a good football player and his tape, his first step is, is impressive. I, I, I still think he's a good football player and he's still a guy I'm interested in. Um, I was surprised he still was wound up at 54 on my board, but his tape is impressive. I'm, I'm a little less confident in his ability to translate as an edge prospect at this point, but I still like his tape and he's still a guy that uh, I believe has a chance to still be a good football player. Although I am a little bit more nervous than I was. And then the final guy was uh, Cedric Wilson wound up 84th on my board and he's a receiver. He's kind of a, he's a, he's a downfield big play threat receiver, but the games I watched, he, he made a lot of plays. Um, he didn't test as well as I anticipated. He's only a four five kind of receiver. I test, I thought he might be in the four fours or, or low four threes, but that didn't turn out. Um, he's still, he, he's got, he's got some big play potential. He's really attentive about, he's, he's really intent on getting North South. You know, you see some receivers that are trying to dance and, and, and run around people, but he's, more interested in making subtle adjustments in space to try to continue to be north north south as a as a as a uh, as a weapon as an offensive weapon down the field and that's something I really appreciate about him I wound up being a lot higher on him than than most but he's 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 kind of a he's he's a, a slim narrow like a, a thinly framed receiver he might struggle to get off press but there's still a lot to like there and I still believe in him as a player Okay, um, I was just kind of rummaging through the internet today and, and reading through some rumors uh, and some and some information out there just to try to get an idea of what we can expect on Thursday. You know, just because the Chiefs don't currently have a, a, f- a first round pick doesn't mean that there's not a lot of good things that can happen for the Chiefs on that day. One is, you know, they might wind up trading up. You never know. Like you, you don't know what uh, what they're what they're planning on doing there, but. Um, a lot of good things can happen for the chiefs and um, just trying to sort through some of the rumors that, that that were out there. I I wanted to see if there's anything I could identify that could potentially benefit the chiefs. Uh, One, one article I found that was really interesting was Eric Galco of optimum scouting, a very talented guy. He knows his stuff and uh, I think he's pretty well connected from what it sounds like. Um, He said that, and one of the things he thinks might happen based on the things he's hearing is that 10 quarterbacks could go in the top 100. Um, and he believes seven could go in the top two rounds, which would be an ideal scenario for the chiefs. I think, I think six are going in round one, but that means that Kyle Aletta is probably going to be a, uh, an early or a second round selection as well. And I would not be surprised if he's there, uh, if he's, if he gets drafted before 54. So if the chiefs are intent on staying at 54, uh, there, there could be seven quarterbacks that are pushing, uh, prospects at, at positions of need uh, up the board or you know near the Chiefs striking distance which would be huge um, another thing he said is at least seven offensive linemen will be drafted and I, I've heard a lot of names recently just being linked to to the first round uh, James Daniels Frank Ragnow has been getting a lot of love I heard Austin Cor- Corbett on day one too like if, uh, if seven offensive linemen go off the board in round one, that is huge for the Chiefs. That's critical. That's exactly what they need to happen. I mean, if you add, 
if you say seven uh, quarterbacks go off the board, you have seven go in, uh, in round one. That's that's 14 prospects before the Chiefs are even there to select. Uh, that would be huge. That would be critical. Um, another interesting little nugget I heard is that teams in the late second round are um, are really want or are, are targeting Taven Bryan and Darius Geis. Um, those are two guys that. Uh, late second round teams are supposedly coveting, coveting and bo- they would need to move in to the early second round to acquire them. That was really interesting to me because we go back and talk about how Taven Bryan was one of my top 20 players. He's 16th on my board. And um, if that guy's sitting there in the 30s, in the late 30s, that is absolutely a guy I would target and, and try to move up for. Um that that just that would be extremely interesting. I, I if if it's the Chiefs that is a late second round interest, who I mean that would be incredible. Um, I don't know if that if that's if the, if he's in their plans necessarily, but man, I, him in the him in the late second, that's a guy I would be completely fine with targeting. Um, so if the Chiefs just happen to be one of those teams that are interested in in Taven Bryan that's sitting in the late second round. Uh, that could be a lot of fun. Him, uh, I'm, I'm higher on Deron Payne than most. And like I said, and Deron Payne is another guy. If if the Chiefs wanted to trade up for Deron Payne, that would make a lot of sense too. Um, I, I, I'm surprised that he's not necessarily a lock for the first round. Uh, then Isaiah, Isaiah Oliver is another guy. Like those three are the are, are, are three players that I'm targeting. Um, if they really do fall into the late or the early second round. I'd, I'd have no issue with them trading up with any for any of those guys. So that would be that would be a really, really good scenario for the Chiefs. It's one of those three guys is there in the late 30s and they decide to make a move up for one of them. Uh, I think there's some names that we should be paying attention to on Thursday and getting excited if they are selected by any chance. And it actually just extends to probably the the, the 30s, just the 30s in general and maybe even the 40s. Um, there's a lot of players out there that have been talked about as potentially going in round one or early two that if you hear their names probably should cheer. You should probably be pretty excited and I actually have a full article coming out, uh, later this week talking about players you should be cheering for if they get off the board and players. I just don't want the chiefs to take, uh, there, there's a list of both of those. Um, so Uh, You'll have the full list here on Arrowhead Pride coming up later this week. But let's talk about some of the players that would make uh, me happy being off the board early. Uh, Like offensive line, you talk about Orlando Brown. Uh, Some people are saying he he might slip into the late first or somewhere in the second round. You hope that's before the Chiefs pick. Uh, Frank Ragnow, I love Frank Ragnow. If he's going to be a round one pick, uh, that's what that's one guy that on the draft miss list you're willing to sacrifice if if he's a guy that that goes in round one like some people are starting to talk about by all means you know that that's a situation where you just kind of give up on a guy that's winding up uh, on the draft miss list uh, James Daniels another center that would be a great a great situation Austin Corbett um, he's a guy I like I'm just not as high on ev- on him as everybody else is I have him as a round four grade but I he very well probably should be a, th- a third round grade I probably am a little bit too low on him uh, but I still think there's a lot more that he needs to develop Uh, One note that this is actually something I've heard. Uh, This isn't necessarily something I've read. This is something that we heard a while back is 
what could help set off this offensive line run is maybe some guys going early. And one player to take an eye on with the Chicago Bears is Mike McGlinchey. Uh, I know the the connection with McGlinchey and the Bears. Uh, I know the connection with Notre Dame and the Bears as the new offensive line coach for the Chicago Bears was the offensive line coach at uh, Notre Dame. But and, and everybody's kind of made the assumption that the Nelson Quentin Nelson, if he falls, is, is a lock to go to uh, the Bears. But also keep an eye on Mike McGlinchey. I did hear that McGlinchey is close with that offensive line coach. Uh, I would not be surprised at all if Mike McGlinchey is a surprise pick at eight, um, just based on some stuff I heard. It's not even limited to Quentin Nelson at eight necessarily. It might be McGlinchey as well. Uh, Quarterbacks too. We want to run on quarterbacks. Uh, If Kyle Laletta, uh, Mason Rudolph, or Luke Falk goes off the board in the top 50, those are all guys you should be happy seeing gone be happy if any of those quarterbacks are gone um, and hopefully seven or eight get selected in the top two rounds uh, it, it's not impossible to say that that could happen at running back uh, if if Nick Chubb or Rashad Penny go off the board in the top 50 picks that's those are two players I think you should be excited about any running backs in general but I think you know you could have a you have a pretty good feeling that Sony Michelle and Darius Geis and Saquon Barkley are probably going going off the board. Uh, if Nick Chubb and Rashad Penny are off the board too, that helps the Chiefs significantly. And hopefully one or two of those guys is off the board early as well. Uh, just not position specific, but you guys know how I feel about Malik Jefferson. I hope he gets off the board in the top 50 picks. And Harrison Phillips too. Uh, I, I see Harrison Phillips as a two down guy. Uh, we did hear some stuff that his knee might not part, be particularly great when we were out in Indianapolis. That's one thing that was kind of going around. So um, hope those two guys go off the board. That would be that would be beneficial to the Chiefs. Okay, um, we're gonna take some uh, we're gonna take some quick Twitter questions here. Uh, we got a big mailbag to get through. You guys had a lot of great questions, and we'll close on that. That's the last thing we'll do today. Um, a friend of the show, Jacob Morley, says, who was the dr- player drafted by the Chiefs you had the highest expectations for that busted? Uh, Glenn Dorsey, I guess. I am i don't know. Uh, Tyson Jackson, I had high hopes for. I, I fell for the Pioli jig. I was an idiot. Uh, he also, Jacob Morley also asks, uh, who is your favorite inconspicuous chief? Uh, it's Jonathan Quinn. Uh, because I, he was my coach in, uh, in college. He was our offensive coordinator, our quarterback coach. Um, so he's a guy that I spent a lot of time with and, uh, yeah, he's my favorite chief. Um, what's your absolute nightmare draft for KC with players in realistic ranges? That's from our guy chief in Carolina. Um, I think probably something like, Ogbanya Akaronquo or like Dante Jackson at 54 and Ogbanya Akaronquo at 78. Like that's something I wouldn't be too thrilled with. Like Jackson, I like as a player. I just don't think, I don't know if like he's going to be able to hold up outside. So I don't really want him paying for a slot corner uh, and using that as their first pick. Uh, Cause I think, I think Kendall Fuller is going to wind up inside a lot more. Um, and then Akaronquo, you guys all know what I think about him. He's on that article that I'm writing uh, that you can see on Arrowhead Pride this coming week. Uh, Michael Muse 
uh, Musea. I don't know how this, I don't know how to say that. I need to ask him sometime because I talk to him every now and then on Twitter. He said he asks, "What position does Shaquem Griffin play in the pros?" Uh, I think he's I think he's probably a hybrid safety off ball linebacker kind of type that just kind of you put him on the field in nickel and in sub situations and and you see what you can do with him. But he's he's a great blitzer. Um, he's fluid. He's a great mover. I uh, just I don't know just. Put him on the field and see what happens. He doesn't necessarily have to be pigeonholed into a position either. Uh, but he's he's an interesting guy. Uh, at Nick Bears asks if Casey trades up into the first or moves up in the early part of round two. Who are the three players you're targeting the most? It is those three guys. It's Deron Payne, defensive lineman, maybe. Um, uh, maybe Taven Bryan if he falls if people are really saying he's going to fall and then uh, and then Isaiah Oliver those are the, those are three guys if they really are potentially falling um, beyond that um, I maybe if if Jair Alexander falls which I don't think will happen just just guys like that um at gift nate asks is the player at 54 going to be starting caliber yes and I'll actually go one step further and say the pick at 78 will be. Uh, starting caliber if they do stay at both those positions, which I'm not sure they will. KC uh, John KC at KC John KC asks, do you think it's possible that the Chiefs make their selection at 54 and then package 78 and 86 to move back into the second round? Um, that's an interesting, that's an interesting um no, that's an interesting thought. Uh, funny, let me do the math real quick. I believe I've looked at this before. Do you know what the, okay, so here, here's what's interesting. Do you know what the, uh, the cost of 78 and 86 would be like what basically if they're using the trade calculator, the trade chart, um, 78 and 86 actually equal pick 54. So they can't trade up with themselves. So it'd probably either be a, a little move above or behind. So, uh, those two picks could get them about where they're picking at 54. So they'd be, they'd be picking two picks in the same range in the similar range. I'm not saying it won't happen, but I just find that, kind of, I find that kind of interesting personally that that 50 or 78 and 86 actually equals pick 54. Um, so yeah, that's funny. Uh, they might, they very well could, uh, sports uh, at sports talk. Evan asks, when will we know if Casey hosts the draft? I think they're making that announcement May 21st through 23rd in that range where there's a, there's a meeting. There's, I think owners meetings or something, uh, in, in the middle, late May, in the 21st to the 23rd, that's when the, that's supposed to be when the draft is announced. Uh, chief boy, RG at chief boy, RG asks, who's a late round prospect you, uh, you'd like to see the chiefs draft and uh, that could be more than a special teams contributor. Uh, there's, there's several, I, I think that are, are good players and actually you're going to have the full draft miss list being revealed to you guys coming up uh, later this week on uh, day one and two, there's going to be a full list there. And then there's also going to be uh, a, a separate one. It's going to be, uh, day three targets and there's there's eight or there's like eight prospects we haven't even added to the draft miss list yet that'll be on there they all have fourth and fifth round grades so you're going to be able to see that on arrowhead pride um come in here later in the week i think that goes up uh, I believe on Thursday but to answer your question sorry that was a long-winded answer um there are hold on just a second 
I'd say um, Dane Crookshank is a guy that it's, he's a day three target at safety. He's a great athlete. Um, I think he could be. I think he could be a a a potential potentially really good player. Uh, Traquan Smith, a wide receiver from UCF. Um, I think he. I think he has a chance. He 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 could probably come in and be a role player right away. As a he's a good blocker. Um, he he's probably going to be a special teams ace on top of that, but I think he can contribute as a receiver. He's got a long way to go, but he's 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 a really potentially good role player. Um, there's a corner named Perry Nickerson. He's probably more of a slot type, but I think he can make some contributions early um, in his career. Even uh, then, Ade Aruna. He's an edge prospect from Tulane. Uh, he's a he's a big athletic dude. Uh, a lot to work with there as well. So there's some guys that I think could potentially be uh, more than just a special teams contributor at the next level. I really like those guys. Uh, my guy at Mark of the Buzz asks, and I think he was kind of asking a little tongue in cheek, but I'm going to answer it because it's kind of interesting. It's an interesting scenario. Would you trade Eric Fisher and a 2018 uh, fourth rounder to move up to get the Browns pick 35 and a second round pick in 2019? Uh, obviously the Browns are desperate for Eric Fisher. I actually would absolutely do that move. I really would. I don't, I don't think Eric Fisher is more than just an average offensive tackle. I'd take the draft capital and get his contract off the books in a heartbeat. Um, at OU underscore S A S OU SAS. I'm going to call it OU SAS. Um, what first round talent non-quarterback do you least want to see go to an opposing AFC West team? I would not like to see Bradley Chubb or Minka Fitzpatrick in the division. Uh, Those are two guys I like a lot and I would not like to see either of them Um, in in the AFC West. I would not like to see them either of those guys. Who's the okay at uh, Cardi Veach keeps asking incredible questions. Who's the ideal player you want to win the free year long pizza at pick third at pick three point one four, which is if you don't know, Pizza Hut's giving away pick seventy eight is getting a year supply of pizza. It's the three third round fourteenth pick in the draft, so it's three point one four. Um, so they're giving someone away. I, I really want the Chiefs to just trade it and definitely not draft an offensive lineman there because that could just be a, a, a terrifying uh, a disaster of a move there. Um, uh, okay, I think we got a couple more here. Uh, at Ethan Crownover asks, what positions will the Chiefs draft and in one order? I think the Chiefs, I don't know the order. Uh, I would say heavy favorites on corner defensive line being the first selection. Uh, but they're going to be looking at corner. They're going to be looking at D-line safety, uh, edge prospect, pass rusher, uh, interior offensive line, tight end. Uh, I could see a, a late round quarterback, all those positions. Like, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of places that they could go and, and provide depth and developmental guys. So they're, they all make a lot of sense. Most of them do. Um, who at, at uh, BTAU or BTAU 83 asks, who do you think is a potential prospect that could drop in day one or out of day one? Uh, those guys that we talked about earlier, um, obviously we've talked about Deron Payne, Taven Bryan, um, Isaiah Oliver. Let me give you another one though. Let's, let's go ahead and just, let's do that real quick. Give me a, give me a second here. I'm going to think through a name or two that might actually be, have a chance of doing that too. Um, 
I could see some of the guards potentially falling. Like maybe Will Hernandez is there in the 30s. I wouldn't trade up for him though, uh, personally, just because that's just not what I'm looking to do. Um, that's probably another name. Maybe probably not necessarily the position of, of the chief's needs. I think that, that, that those three that I mentioned, I'm probably a little higher on than most. So we'll go with those. Uh, that's it for us today. I do want to make sure to give a shout out to my guy at country boy, five, six, seven. I don't know if you want your real name out there, but man, I'm happy for you and your family as you just, you guys just welcomed a, a baby boy into the world. Happy for you, man. Um, and we've guys, we've got a lot of great content that's up on Arrowhead pride already and will be the rest of the week. You're going to have a full detailed draft miss list organized ranked by my top 100 and then uh, guys that didn't make the top 100 or organized uh, for for day three as well. Um, so you're going to have an organized list of just where you can access whatever has been said on this on this podcast or whatever has been written about any of these guys available to you as soon as the selections made. Um, we've got a mock draft that I, I wrote that's coming up. Uh, we've got uh, a list of players I don't want the Chiefs to take and a list of players we're hoping get taken off the board before the Chiefs finally do make their first pick in the draft whenever that is. We got a couple other things that will be going up as well. And just as a reminder, you're going to have you're going to hear an episode from us the uh, the morning after day one and the morning after day two, we're going to have two episodes up and ready for you as quickly as we possibly can. We might even be able to have them up that night. I'll be going on Facebook live after the feast, the chief's first selection, whenever that is up on Arrowhead pride's Facebook page, we'll have a Facebook live. We'll do 10, 15 minutes just talking about the pick. Um, and then we have a couple other things that we'll be getting to down the road, but guys, thanks for listening to this surprise episode of the AP chiefs draft show. We will talk to you guys uh, on Thursday night late or Friday morning. Uh, we will see you guys then. Hope you have a great time. Enjoy Draftmas. I'm certainly looking forward to it and uh, we will talk to you later. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that for some reason or another Seems smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.